Okay now, boys and girls, this won't be the first time that I've mentioned the cultural impact of the year 1984. Not just for film, but music, sports, art, it's an anomaly of a year. The movie lineup in 84 seems made up. There's just no way possible that all of those titles could have come out within 12 months of each other. For anyone under the illusion to think that we have more original content nowadays, I urge you to search the movies from that year. We definitely have more access to content, but more original content? I don't think so. On this episode, we are covering a juggernaut from 1984. As a matter of fact, it was the number one movie with horror in its description at the box office that year. Not only that, it was the second film overall for the whole year at the box office, falling just short of Beverly Hills Cop. The flick we are talking about is Ivan Reitman's horror comedy, Ghostbusters. The tale of four friends who saved New York City from the paranormal and a giant marshmallow man. If you weren't alive in the late 80s or the early 90s, it's really hard to describe how big the Ghostbusters phenomenon was, but we're gonna do our best. So wherever you're listening in from, we welcome you to the show and a brand new season. So folks, without any further introduction, here is our take on Ghostbusters. Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I'm sorry. I got excited. I got excited. Not often do we get a great theme song to go, you know. Not all movies get great theme songs. Boys and girls, we are here again on a brand new season of the Sloppy Horror Podcast. And this season is entitled Jam It In Your Box Office. If you're unfamiliar with what we are doing or what is happening here, we are taking the best box office movies from the 80s and then taking them versus their counterpart in the 90s. So this first round of sessions that we've got going on here is 1984. So we're going to have Ghostbusters face off in another episode versus Interview with a Vampire. But in the very end of the season, we're going to take the scores from the 80s and the 90s, add them all together, and crown a winner. We're going to crown a winner. But we couldn't just pick a fucking joke of a movie. We couldn't just pick some, you know, some little rando movie. We picked one of the biggest movies to ever exist in the history. And luckily, this is right around the time frame of our birth. This was something that we had in our life. My name is Christian Ramey, your host and your scary movie companion. Companion. And sitting across from me, this handsome gentleman, his name is Mr. Ozark Mark. And he is a producer, not just any producer, the best producer in the whole entire world. You know, I haven't really traveled the world, but I've met a lot of people. And Mark is the best. Mark, hello. How are you, Ghostbusters? Jam it in your box office. Oh! My goodness. It did work. Thank you. Thank you. That's some of our past skills coming out in your ear hole and up your ass. That's right. Spread them cheeks, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for another season of some nice entertainment for your ass. And this is going to be an exciting season. These are all going to be knocking out the park movies. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So if you haven't rewatched these movies in a long time, now you got an excuse to do them. And they're a lot of fun. There are a lot of fun. Especially this one, which is Ghostbusters. Now, uh, we welcome all brand new listeners. We really do. And if you are a brand new listener to the show, uh, thank you so much for coming by, hanging out. If you're here on YouTube, it'd be nice if you subscribed. It's completely free to do. Helps us out big time. Audio listeners, obviously, if you love the episodes, ratings help us a lot. But if you are new here and you're saying sloppy horror podcast, well, do you guys only do horror movies? Is Ghostbusters a horror movie? I'm going to say to you, we accept all, okay? If I look in the description of your movie and there is horror included, we're going we're, we're gonna to include it, all right? We're, we're going to do it. I'm trying to think of the movie that was the most we did outside of the box. What was one that, The Burbs, maybe? But even if, I feel like there's creepy horror, like there's like tad bit of horror elements in it that they play on. Uh, <clears throat> Stand By Me. Yep, yep, that was King, yep. Clue. Clue, but even if horror comedy, you know? Death, there's murder, mystery. 
How to Be a Serial Killer. Most of the movies I pick, basically. But they're good movies. I get out of the box a little bit. Well, Ghostbusters, it's... Well, first and foremost, it is hard to describe the impact of Ghostbusters to somebody that just wasn't, you know, around in the, you know, 80s or 90s. And I'm not saying that as like, oh, our generation was better. I'm not saying that in that kind of way. I'm just telling you that Ghostbusters has a name now. Everybody knows it in the song, whatevs. But when we were children from the high sea coolers, you know, you know, you remember with Slimer on them from the toys to the TV shows, to the cartoons, to the fucking marketing. They, they were everywhere. It was huge. And huge. I, I was one of these children that was all about it. I bit this hook, line and sinker. Um, if you've seen the movie Ghostbusters, or maybe if you're like, you know, I'm not too familiar. I'm going to watch this movie, which is weird. But at the same time, I recommend the watch. Throughout this movie, the Ghostbusters build their popularity throughout the city and like kids are singing with them at birthday parties, things of that nature. That's how it was in real life. Like that's how it mimicked. As if these people were real Ghostbusters. That car, the Ecto-1, you know, that Cadillac? What, like that car right there, if I offered it to you, you would take it. Yes, I would. Brand new and crispy? You'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm taking this, dude. Give it to me, baby. Now, let me let me ask this, because this is the fun part about Ozark Mark. Ozark Mark loves things scary. He, he likes all kinds of stuff. You can't put him in a box, though. He's not that kind of fella. And he's just a connoisseur of horror, but he's not a nerd for this shit. He doesn't care. And some of these movies he hasn't seen before. And I'm curious, is this your first time seeing Ghostbusters? No. Okay. Okay. I did. I didn't think it <laughs> no. would be. I didn't think it I'm would. I'm not some uncultured swine, for fuck's sake. Yes, I've seen Ghostbusters. Yes, I like that. Who the f- hasn't seen Ghostbusters? That's a good question. Who dude. hasn't? Who I, hasn't? Unless you are a a person of child descent right now, how have you not seen it? I I know. How have you not seen it? This movie is always fun, no matter how many times you watch it. No matter how many times. There are so many. It's it's perfect 80s style. They got running gags. They got so many quotes. You got a superstar cast. You got everything in this bitch. What is it with that, Mark? What I, is what is it with the with the combo there? Uh, like of the four, it works with the Turtles. I mean, or, I know Power Rangers were five. But, like, it works with every combo that we had. Like, when they gave us a group of characters. I don't care if it was the, the fucking BK kids. They would give us a color of everyone. You'd get a color of everyone, and there would be different levels to it. So, like, Donatello's the smart one. Raphael's the hothead, but he's kind of, you know, he, he's the bruiser. Leonardo, chill, kind of the silent front character. And then you get Michelangelo, the party character. It works all across, like, even with the Ghostbusters, dude, the A-team. So you get, like, obviously you got Vinkman, who's kind of like a Raphael. He's kind of a, not a hothead, but he's just a sarcastic he's a you know that's just who he is and then you get somebody like ray played by dan Aykroyd, who's more of like a a michelangelo like just here for a fun time just sees the fun in life just having fun and then you get spangler your total donatello he's you know the smarts he's the brains he's the guy behind it like it works every fucking time i just i don't know why it's a good combination it is. It's like dough, cheese, mm-hmm. and sauce. What you fit? What does that work? Pizza. Pizza works every time. It's just certain combinations of things like bread, peanut butter, and jelly yeah, combined and into one. It's good every time. And we can't leave out Winston. He's like the Leonardo. Yes, he is. He's like just everybody likes Winston. Hell yeah. Winston, like he's just cool. he's there for his job. Like he just signed, like <laughs> like he's just doing his job. That's why he's the most relatable character because everybody <laughs> yeah. just shows up for a job and then you get in the knee deep in shit and you're like, well, this is just my fucking job. So I here know. we go. <laughs> but he like does it. Like the city's under con- It's like, fuck? well, yeah, this is what I'm making money so I guess I gotta do it. That's so relatable to everybody. There's Everybody has worked the job that they don't really want to work. They just do it for the money and they gotta do a bunch of bullshit. I forget what the it. number was, but he was he's like, this isn't worth the, whatever the fucking number was. I was like, yeah, man. No shit. No shit. But on top of that, on top of that main character of core people, you also need some other cool characters around it. You need your Master Splinters. You need your April O'Neils. 
you know, you need your, you know, um, Casey Jones, that Casey Jones, yeah, a dude with the hockey mask. You need him, right? You got, you need these characters. And even in this, man, like you get Sigourney Weaver as Dana, the girl that like eventually gets taken, you know, Gozer becomes the the demon. But it's just weird to me that that's like a Sigourney Weaver, even though she's like fucking around Bill Murray, she's still not like. Scorning Weaver had already did Alien at this point. Like, she was a... She's a big-ass star, dude. Like, and she's just, like, a, just a random. You got Rick Moranis, like, classic. He plays the key, Lewis, the key master. He's so funny, always. He's in this. Uh, what's... Uh, I forget. Uh, William Atherton, the dude from Die Hard. You know, he was the the reporter from Die Hard. He's the guy trying to get them all in trouble. Mm-hmm. There's just so many people you know in this movie. Fucking... You got Carl Winslow from Family Matters as the cop. That guy's just a cop in everything. And he's a he cop in Die Hard. I don't know cop. what he's doing now, but I assume he's a cop. There's Hold always on. actors like that who they always just play one thing the entire time. It's always hilarious. Yeah, well, we got to see what's up with Carl Winslow right now. Where's he at in life? Okay, who was he played by? Reginald Vell Johnson. That's right, I forgot his name. Where's he? Where's Reginald at now? Where's he at? I mean, I don't know if he's done any acting lately, but I hope he's doing police stuff. I hope he is. All right, let's look. Let's scroll all the way down. Oh, looks like he is. He's doing, like, uh, voice stuff. These movies look very little. It's like Christmas movies, like Hallmark movies. Man, don't do don't do my man Carl Winslow like that. Put him in some good movies. He deserves it. You don't even need the craziest biggest roles just put them as you know the police officer in a random movie like ghostbuster it it works it's just gonna work and i miss him uh i mean i'm trying to think of a movie that he's in that he's not a cop like i don't know if i know him from anything else because he was a cop in family matters ozark mark yes you have to be a part of this conversation. I am all the way in it, sir. I am listening to every word that you were saying. Mm-mm. What yes, did I, just I am. Say? What did I just say? See, you couldn't tell you because you were texting somebody. <laughs> no, this it wasn't. Isn't, you were. Mozart Mark thought that I you had guys... to fix something with the timer. Shut up. What right. you, what's going on? I'm telling you, Carl Winslow. This guy, uh, played by Reginald Vell Johnson, can you think of a movie or a show that he was in? Where he wasn't a cop. Um, no. He was in Turner and Hooch as, de- as a detective. <laughs> like he's in everything, dude. Like, Stick to what you're good at, dude. Yeah, yeah. It just works, man. I I really enjoy him as a police officer. He's a fun character. But that's what made Ghostbusters work as well. It wasn't. There's a lot of wit in this movie. It's a it's a lot of fun. And then you know. Ivan Reitman's the director, okay, and he's made all kinds of movies from Stripes to Caddyshack. I mean, he helped write Animal House. Um, let's see, let, let's pull out, let's pull out their whole all oh, oh, Twins, Kindergarten Cops. So the director of that, or, I mean, Ghostbusters, Stripes, Twins, Kindergarten Cop. Ivan Reitman's got a hell of a fucking lineup there. But I think it's crazy that Harold Ramis, the dude who plays Spangler, obviously. He's a film legend. Like he acts sometimes. I mean, he's mainly he was mainly rest in peace. He passed away in 2014, but he was mainly a director and a writer. Dude did so many things, bro. Like he was the writer behind Animal, uh, you know, Animal House, Caddyshack, Stripes, Multiplicity, Analyze This and That. Fucking remember that movie Year One with Jack Black and Michael Cera when it went back to the Year One. Yeah, yeah, that was a funny movie. Um, but then he acted in a fuckload of movies, too. He was in Airheads. I love that movie, Airheads. He was in Knocked Up. He was uh, uh, Seth Rogen's dad and yeah. Knocked Up. <laughs> High Fidelity. Dude has, like, what what a career that man has had. And he was, It's. I want to have the debate after this, but he, he just had a lot of humor. A lot of unseen humor, uh, in my opinion. He was, like, silently funny throughout this whole movie. He was hilarious. But... Spangler is smart and just the you know I have a collection of spoles and mold or molds and spores like <laughs> like he's so funny but the question is and there's no wrong answers and I do feel like Bill Murray is the obvious answer but who in your opinion is the funniest ghostbuster Bill Murray okay 
Okay. I think Bill Murray is the wittiest. He is very funny. He makes me laugh the most. And he's like, so I completely agree. This man has no penis. <laughs> yes. Like, he's so, like, in your face funny. But, yeah. like, it, after seeing Ghostbusters seven billion times, I, start to, I started to subtly watch, you know, the other Ghostbusters more. Like, Ray, Dan Aykroyd is also silently funny this whole time. He's the one who thought of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. They just all looked at him like... like. It's really hard to pick, honestly. I mean, it really is hard to pick. <laughs> I like... So, I, we've kind of rambled without giving a synopsis, but I, I like it's almost like Ghostbusters, and it's like, fuck off. If you, I mean, I, I guess we could give a quick synopsis of Ghostbusters. You haven't but, even done that yet, have you? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we got to do that. We have to fill shoes, too. Are you sure? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a lot. All right, let's fill them shoes. We about to fill them shoes. Uh, we about to fill them shoes. Yeah, I'm about to fill them shoes. Uh, we about to fill them shoes. Yeah! Boys and girls. Ooh, fill my shoes, baby. We are. Yeah. So, guys, if you're new to the show and you want to know what this segment's about, I, I think it's a universal fact, or it's... If you're watching a film, and especially an older film, you're doing you're doing it wrong if you're not watching it with sunglasses or glasses on of that year, if that makes sense. You can't watch a 1984 movie with 2024 uh, uh, mindset. This is 40 years old. It'll be the 40-year anniversary. So what we like to do is lay out some events that happened right around when this movie came out, tell you what was going on at the box office, you know, some exciting events so you can say, okay, I feel like I'm in 1984 now. Now I can watch this like this. Okay, so we've got, we've talked many times. 1984 is a crazy fucking year. Debut year of Michael Jordan. Obviously, I got a nightmare on Elm Street. Karate Kid, never ending story. Crazy ass movies. Like one of the best movie years in literal history if you were to go down through it. But right around the time of this movie, at the time, Ronald Reagan was the president. The number one song in the time, or at the time, was Cindy Lauper, Time After Time. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you. <laughs> time yeah. after time. But in the UK, it was Wham. Wake me up before, before you, you go, go, go. Yep, and that was the song. So, I mean, these are songs I know, all right? And a couple months before this film came out, Macintosh released its first Apple computer for sale for $2,500. And that's when the world started going to shit. Uh-huh. Also, a couple months before this movie came out, that was right when Michael Jackson got burned during the Pepsi commercial, you know, and that's when he started getting on the drugs. And then unfortunately, a lot of people think that's where it started to go down for him, which usually motherfucker does. caught on fire. Yeah. I mean, that's a recipe for going downhill, you know. I mean, it makes sense to me. You put somebody on painkillers every day, it's not good, man. No, it's not good. It's not good. Makes no. you all loopy and crazy. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> Getting right down to close to this movie, Bruce Springsteen releases Born in the USA album. I'm not a big Springsteen guy. I'm a big America guy, but I'm not a big Springsteen guy. I love classic rock. I love rock. I don't necessarily get a big hard on for Springsteen, but I do show him respect as an artist, and that was a, that was a major album. Huge. I like his sister Angela, who starred in Sleepaway Camp too. Yeah, three. You know, that, yeah. that, that's my shit. Uh-huh. Now, right after the Ghostbusters, like uh, like a couple weeks after, Princess Purple Rain came out. Purple Rain. Get, like, Purple Rain. Like fuck you guys. Like this is your year. Like all of these things are still heavily celebrated. Like, yeah, do you think things from like 2023 are gonna be like that? No. No. <laughs> you want to take a guess with the number one movie at the box office? Because Ghostbusters takes it. They take number one. Yeah. But before that, you have an idea? No. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. For Christ's sake. And you know Jesus. What, what's fucked up, dude? In the top 20 at that time, Police Academy, Footloose, Friday the 13th, Final Chapter, the one with little Corey Feldman, okay? Children of the Corn, and this is Spinal Tap, Oz goes to 11. Like that was that was just the month. Well, like, that it's was obvious. Like, it's pretty obvious if we had a time machine, what year we would travel back to the most. It would probably be this year. This one would be so up there. And honestly, the '90s had a couple years like this where you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. 
we were so spoiled and didn't even know it. But Absolutely. <clears throat> B pictures got squeezed out. That's a that's a that's a tale for a different time. But these were the things going on right around the times of Ghostbusters. So I hope you guys, you know, your shoes feel filled up. You feel like a nineteen eighty four. My person. shoes are so filled, my laces are popping out. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That was a good filling. Thank you. So I'm all filled up. A little synopsis of Ghostbusters. What's going on is you've got a couple of friends who are interested kind of in the paranormal kind of stuff. That's what they do. Uh, they do. <laughs> Bill Murray was doing like ESP testing on people. So they're smart. They're doctors. They're 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 a wide array of I, I don't I don't want to say scientists, all of them like Spangler was, but they were smart and some were doctors. The thing was, they were very interested in the paranormal. So when things start going on in their city, they were able to form up their little group Ghostbusters, and it's like a group of fucking firemen. You know, they set up in the, you know, they set up their little shop in an old firehouse. And when Bill Murray meets Sigourney Weaver, who he has a crush on, um, you know, he starts to fall for her. Well, eventually, she starts reporting disturbances going on in her apartment. And they go over to check it out because they're the Ghostbusters. That's what these motherfuckers do. And turns out that this apartment building has like a giant antenna on it, which is just like a, you know, a connector to the paranormal. And it just fucks everything up in that in that building, you know. And her apartment specifically because it's like on the penthouse on that side. And Sigourney Weaver eventually becomes uh, like overtaken by the ghost of Gozor, you know, Gozar. And that's who she becomes. And it's only Zool. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny because Rick Moranis, the whole movie, when they're normal, before the, all these incidents has happened, he's like a simp for her. He's like always trying to say hello to her. He's his, he is her neighbor. And <laughs> like once they're finally possessed, he gets to kiss her. <laughs> you know, I thought that was a funny little aspect. But the whole town is essentially getting taken over, over by this ancient Sumerian god, uh, you know, or whatever, deity, if you will. Uh, trying to take over and possess the city. And eventually, towards the end of it, uh, the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man starts marching the streets of New York and tearing down, you know, shit and fucking things up. And the Ghostbusters have to save the day. It's a really weird movie to get a synopsis for because it's like a Harry Potter where there's a lot of proper nouns like, you know, the ectoplasm and like slime. Like there's so many proper nouns involved with Ghostbusters that it's like... If I came to you, you're like, what's Harry Potter about? Like, all right, well, Harry and his friends play Quidditch. And you're like, all right, what the fuck is Quidditch? And you're like, you know, like, you're like, it's hard to like, so you're trying to give it in practical terms. And it's a lot harder to do that because it's so a movie that's kind of out there. But well, good thing is the synopsis is very intellectually done, but it's kind of pointless because everybody's probably seen the movie. Yeah. You know, you know what the fuck we're talking about. You've seen Ghostbusters. Mark. Hey. Hey. This is this is the funniest shit that gets by all the time, and I don't even think all horror fans listen to it. I know there are a large group of people who know this fact about the Ghostbusters song, or they know this lyric, and they sing it hard as fuck every time it comes. Every time it comes. And I'm saying it like that to sound weird, because... I don't know, like two, two and a half minutes into the song, it's the... Dun, 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 Bustin' makes me feel good. <laughs> Bustin' makes me feel good? How did that one get by? You know? And we're not going to pretend that Dan Aykroyd did Same thing as sucking on a chili dog. Yeah. It's, <laughs> okay? It's, you just, just throw it in there. Just put some words in there. Who cares? Bustin' makes me feel good. Okay, and then come you get, together right now over me. Over That's race. on the radio. That's on the fucking radio. It don't matter. That's true. That That's don't true. matter. Dan Aykroyd straight up just gets like a sloppy toppy from a ghost, you know, and Busta makes me feel good. I wonder what that's like. That's a good point because I feel like it wouldn't be wet, and that's a that's a proper. I need. Yeah, you maybe know, it's I just need... maybe it's just a lot of air pressure or something. I have no idea how that would be. I would still try it out though. Mm-hmm. 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 Like you know, I I need a lot of salivation, so you know that might not yeah, work. Yeah, for you gotta the... slick it up a little bit. Oh yeah, a lot of it. Like, like the... a slip and slide, slip and slide. Who wanna ride on my slip and slide? Take a stab though for a, you know a sloppy top BJ and a bustin' makes me feel good and smoking cigarettes and are you menstruating? Uh, what's that movie rated? PG. Yep, nineteen eighty four. You know your years and you know how the MPAA works. Yes, now if I that do. movie came out today, 
Probably PG thirteen. Probably. You know, and what's not horrible. Probably, like, but yeah. that's you know that's when people weren't fucking pussies. Bro, Jaws PG like <laughs> it makes no sense. death scene. That's that's like not I, parental guidance for sure, my guy. Like I I mean, a young child seeing that would never swim again. No, well, that's <laughs> why everybody contact. had a fear of swimming in pools. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. But guess what? They turned out fine. <laughs> yeah. They turned out fine. Just yeah. quit being a bunch of pussies about it. You know, that's so, that's when you like. I think those people do their the most injustice to their kids especially if your kid has an interest for horror movies if your kid doesn't give a shit about them then whatever but if your kid's like trying to watch some scary shit and you're preventing them you're really doing them an injustice because what's going to happen is they're gonna watch it they're gonna find a way to watch it and they're gonna see these titties and they're gonna see this death and this crazy shit and what's happening with no context like my old like i got three kids my older two are so so about horror you know but obviously try to educate them uh, on it but with my youngest when she would try to watch it or and she would and you know when you're little and you watch something and you get freaked out you know you go too far you're like uh-oh now i'm freaked out all it takes is a couple youtube videos of behind the scenes like look at these guys controlling the robot for chucky it took 12 people let her watch the video talking about how many people it took to do chucky's animatronics one guy's working the eyes one guy's working the lips it's like look that's not scary that's this is a movie and someone's doing it and it's kind of cool like or if you see like something creepy like show them show them getting the makeup done like look at this girl she got this crazy ass makeup done it's kind of cool ain't it and it's a way different approach it's like a uh i mean it still gives you the ability to get engaged and fearful of a movie but at the same time like I think a little kid just watching something with no context could really... Well, that's where it fucks them up. Yeah, right. Like that's, you know, that's, when, <laughs> that's, that's when their imagination takes over. Yeah. <laughs> All right? So you got to, you know, get to the imagination first, manipulate the imagination, and then give it there. That's what yeah. you got to do. But most people don't do that. <laughs> they don't. So, dude. you know, I mean, you're fucked. What are you going to do? Mark, I got to ask. What's your favorite part of Ghostbusters? Any part with Lewis in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any part with Lewis, because everybody knows a guy like Lewis, and just the running gags they do with him, especially I love the fact I crack up every time he gets locked Locked out out. of his his apartment. (laughs) He gets locked out of his apartment every time. Just the way he talks, because everybody knows a guy who talks like that Mm -hmm. and does shit like that, and it's nerdy like that, so it's just so funny. Like, yeah, that's why I invented, I got this baby. I don't even remember his lines. I'm going to butcher them. You got any anvil? No, I got these. It's store brand. I get 200 of those bad boys, half the price. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't yeah. leave your TV on so loud. I turned my TV on so, you know, TVs wouldn't be so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. All hey, right, maybe, I'll call you later. Hey, don't go. Maybe if we start dancing, other people will join in. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Okay. That's why I was so happy when he finally got the kiss from Sigourney Weaver uh, at the yeah, end. You're, you're like, rooting for him. Yeah. You're rooting for him. Every, he's, he's just funny. Any part with him is funny. What about you? Dude, Rick Moranis is a solid-ass dude. Um, Man. I One of my favorite parts, uh, it's the because, you know, the movie starts rolling, and it's just the three Ghostbusters. But I love when Winston comes in for his interview and, uh, you know, he talks to Janice there, who uh, Janice is played by uh, Annie Potts, and she she's did a lot of great movies, uh, particularly, I mean, you can you can check my nuts here a little bit, but Pretty in Pink is, is a great movie. It's an old John Hughes movie, you know, Molly Ringwald, a lot of those old uh, Brat Pack actors. Uh, it's a good fucking movie, and she's in it. She's hilarious. There's lots of movies with her in it, but... Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> like, she's just got that iconic voice, but when fucking Winston comes in for his interview she's like gives him a little bit like kind of grills him a little bit but as soon as the guys come back from work and she said okay uh, you know here's Winston he's here for an interview and he just like takes his paper like okay you're hired (laughs) (laughs) there was no like just the whole spiel she does do you believe in the paranormal vampires the genesis I don't even remember what she said she just named off like 50 things I believe whatever will you tell me if you pay me (laughs) (laughs) and people have been there everybody knows that every working man knows that you're just like look all right We'll, we'll try it out. Exactly. I like when they're going in the car and race, like figuring out like stuff. And he's like, man, it's like I love how they got a cigarette too. He's like, man, don't you realize the dead are probably rising? That's what's going on right now. He's like, let's just turn up some music. Dude, <laughs> that's what, think about it. Ray is so funny. Uh, 
Ray is so silently funny because A, he's dumb and he's like just like kind of like dumb in that adorable way where it's like your friend and I don't know. You, you don't want to hate him he's, at all. Ray, when somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, that was uh, that might be one of my favorite parts too because like when the, you know, the, the demon presents itself on the rooftop and he said, Go get her, Ray. <laughs> and he's like, he just turned, like, the look Dan Aykroyd gives, he just looks like, me? <laughs> like, and then he walks up, and then, you know, Demon says, are you a god? And he looks back at Bill Murray, and Bill Murray gives him the, like, the bro, like, you got this. <laughs> like, he's about to go ask a girl out, like, it's all you, bud. Like, you got this. <laughs> like, I don't know why. There's no words said. But a lot, like I said, from Ivan Reitman to Harold Ramis to Aykroyd, yeah, Bill Murray, a lot of these are old SNL people when SNL was really at its peak. Uh, and, and these guys are just, they eat, breathe, sleep comedy. And it's not over-the-top punchy. There's a lot that you can go back. No, and, it's and, all subtle, quick, witty humor. And you got to watch it multiple times to get them all. I know, dude. Certain, yeah. Like... It, Ray is really funny to me, but I, I really think, I don't know. I don't know. Spangler might be my favorite. I don't know, dude. I go back and forth. It depends on your mood, I would think, of the day. That's how you figure it out. That's how you figure it out. But we have to put a pause on the regular show and have to go through the portal to another realm, to another world, and figure out more things about this movie. Welcome to the What Do You Know Here. It's a segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie, Ghostbusters 1984. So, this is how it works if this is your first time here. We're going to tell you things we know about this movie. Now, you may know what we know, you may not know what we know, but if you know what we know, you're going to have a we know gazem. If you don't know what we know, we're about to find out what we know, and then you're going to have a we know gazem too. <clears throat> yes, everybody's going to splooge everywhere. It's gonna be I don't very. Like to be looked at it's gonna be very oh. sticky, like everybody when the marshmallow man exploded. Okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna start it off here because I I'm gonna forget the facts that I know because you just <laughs> told me to, them. Oh, I used to like after after recession with a lady, you know, where everything's, you know, you got the I'm gonna go get a towel stage. That's what you should say. Look like the fucking the Ghostbusters melted the marshmallow man in here. <laughs> <laughs> Look like a toaster strudel. Anyway, <laughs> so there's a scene where Lewis, the neighbor, he's always getting locked out, always having his party. <laughs> yeah. He's having his party, you know, and he's going through, he's talking about the salmon and how he got a deal. He's going through all the party. That was the only, really the only one of the scenes that was shot continuously and it was all improvised. That's nobody hilarious. had no lines, nobody had the weather. It was all improvised, all continuous shot. So that was pretty fucking cool. And it looked also, natural, though. It looked natural. Yeah, absolutely. That's what. That's why it was, because it was natural. That's a good fact. Another fact is, since you got so many superstars here from SNL and that do comedy, they do a lot of these more. At least one line in almost every scene with all the minute was probably is improvised. Not probably. It was. There's a lot of improvise. There's a lot of fucking improv in this movie. I could see. I could see them. Well, that's like why it works so. Yeah, that but shit. that's why it works so well. Sometimes the best ideas are the ones that just come to you. Don't write them down. Just you feel it naturally. Feel it naturally. Be funny, and it works. That's that's the main reason. Works. Like I'm telling you, I think I could do. I could be an actor for all kinds oh. of movies. I could be dramatic. I could do scary. It would be hard for me to do funny because I if if you improvise something funny as shit, it's gonna be hard for me to stay. But you can like I could be I could be at a fucking funeral and you could say something that would make me laugh. Like, Absolutely. If it's my friend who knows my sense of humor, that's cracking jokes. It's. <laughs> I don't know. I would be that guy that couldn't keep on camera. That... All right. Got one more fact here. One more fact before I let you do your thing here. I'm going to get mine all out of the way because I'm going to forget them. So the actor Winston fits it perfectly. Great actor. Fits it perfectly. Wouldn't yeah. change him. You know who they asked to be Winston before him? Who? who Eddie they? Murphy. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? It would be a completely different fucking movie if Eddie Murphy was in it. I'm kind of glad he wasn't, because it would have changed the whole dynamic. 
I ain't changed everything. Oh, I put everything. no banana in a tailpipe, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are my facts. What you got? That's good, though. I like, you know, that is good. I do think Ernie Hudson was, the, he played Winston great. Yeah, he was a good fit. He was like the everydays. Man. He was a good final decision. Yeah. So, this is, this is a fun fact that I'm going to give you about the Ghostbusters because it's kind of a known fact, but, you know, maybe, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody. You know, the late, great John Belushi, Animal House, you know, he was the, you know, look, I'm a zit. <laughs> you know, that was him. And... He was a party animal, and literally, and he, he died at 33. Uh, you know, he just, he had an appetite for destruction. And a lot of these guys, like Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and uh, these were, they, they, they were friends. That was their buddy. And, you know, well, I think we've all had a friend or two where, you know, they're going too crazy and you can't get them back. And, you know, there's just nothing you could do. Good people, but they're fucked up, you know. That happens to the best of us. Well, he was supposed to be in this movie. You know, he was supposed to have, you know, roles in this movie, but he passed away. So, in honor of the of this, you know, of this, they made the character Slimer off of, you know, the, they tributed John Belushi, you know, with Slimer. Because Slimer is a glutton. He's eating everything. He's getting everything. He just is a complete fucking slob. And that was their kind of, you know, that kind of their nod to their friend John Belushi. And I thought it was funny because it's like... Even though it's like we're putting our friend in this movie and everybody's going to love this character. Everybody loves Slimer. That's the character you know from Ghostbusters. But he's a slob. He's crazy. He's all over the place. You know, he's, what is this guy? He's know? a glutton. Yeah, he's a glutton. That's <laughs> he's ex- all over. You know, everybody knows a glutton. Exactly. So that's what he's doing. But it's really funny that, like, you know, like we're putting an honest uh, a version of our friend here. This is who our <laughs> friend is. And everybody's still going to love it. Like, we're telling you this guy's a fucking slob. He's a menace. He's destroying everything. And everybody... Nah, 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 nah. You know, everybody loves him. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So that's a, that's a that's the only one I'm gonna give. But it was a little bit more in detail, a little more of an eerie fact. That was Chris Farley's idol, and he also died at 33 years old. That's a shame. Yep. All also the good ones die young. 33. I mean, that's you're older than Chris Farley's ever been, and you're not an old man. I know. Isn't that weird? That's very weird. You know. But it's very fucking weird. There's some good facts about Ghostbusters. You can put them in your pocket and you can take them home. Those are great. I just busted from it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I saw I saw this movie Absolutely. quite a few times. I loved it. Yes. Well, we're going to go now. Mark, now I got a real deal question for you. I just want to lay this out of this arc, Mark. Uh, well, in your mind's eye, what would you consider the numbers for a successful movie like in comparison to its budget are you saying like like for a blockbuster because in my opinion a blockbuster movie that just earns its budget back i mean those are just kind of b pictures and those aren't always bad pictures a lot of times they end up earning their money down the road you know you get these especially a lot of horror movies uh, you get the big franchises that did well at the movies but not all where they did well was the home media you know and that's where people watched them and they get money and a cult following that way but in honor of the blockbuster season my question to you is like, what do you think that would be like a triple your budget, a quadruple? Um, because I'm going to lay out the budget for Ghostbuster and kind of give you these numbers here. And it's like, sometimes when, when I look at budgets for movies, especially the B pictures, it's just like, oh, cool, successful. You know, it was a, you know, $4 million budget and, you know, it, it turned 18, 18 million. You know, like, oh, that's cool. It's successful. They made their money back. Like, that's a positive movie. And then you get these fucking blockbusters or these ones like Blair Witch Project where you're like, what? Like, it's hard to like, someone got paid. Like, so I'm going to give you just the number. So give me that answer first. What do you think it would be? Like, if it, like from your budget, what do you consider it to make it a box office smash? Just, I mean, no right or wrong answers. I'm just out of curiosity. In 1984 or now? Um... We'll go not right now, but we'll say like 2010 and before. Just like just numbers that would cross your like normal movie numbers, not like Avengers levels of like a billion, know, like six million. So okay, okay. So like, uh, let me ask it this way. Let me ask it this way. Do you think it would have to like triple your budget, quadruple your budget, five times your budget, ten times your budget? What would make it a box office smash, if that makes sense? So like, what like uh, uh, what is it being multiplied by, in your personal opinion? Because I think... I have no idea. 
Okay. I think the normal guess, like <clears throat> in my in, in my eyes, I'm thinking like because I see such low numbers with horror. So like, you know, I see movies that make a couple million more than their budget, and I think, wow, you guys, good for you. You made a little. Somebody made a couple million bucks. Cool. And then I look at certain pictures, and they're sixty percent, seventy percent, like further, and it's like, holy shit, like crazy ass numbers. So. <clears throat> The budget for Ghostbusters, it, I mean, it wasn't a cheap film. It's estimated between $25 and $30 million. Okay? It brought in just roughly under $300 million. Like, that's fucking crazy. Holy shit. Now, that's not a 75% number, but if you look at, like, Blair Witch Project, who's spending, like, 60000 and making... Like, I forget how many fucking millions that made. Well, go back to the Blair Witch Project episode and listen to it, and you'll know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm Because about I to, don't remember. I'm about to find out, dude, because those numbers were fucking insane, too. Uh... $248 million is what they made. So they made just a little under what Ghostbusters did, and they paid just, you know, 60000 roughly. And that's a, like a... like That's a phenomenon. Like, that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, that's, like, that's crazy. That's probably never going to happen again. Like, that's crazy. So Ghostbusters not only is a blockbuster hit... So I'm trying to think of, like, the components since we're talking about blockbusters. That's why I was going in on this. That's why I was kind of weighing in. How movies can turn into what they would call a, blo a box office smash. Uh, and we grew up with these. You remember when we'd walk in the video store, you'd have the certain videos that were on the outside wall, the big ones that would come out. You know, you'd have what the, you know, the actors that are known on the front, like the big movies that your mom and dad are probably going to rent. And then you got the randoms throughout the aisles that you and I want. I want the randoms. So it's just interesting to me. Uh, when we're talking horrors, number one at the box office, because it's not usually respected. But most of the, I mean, this movie was number one altogether for 84. Not all the way a horror movie. But I've surprised myself looking into these because some of them are in the top 10 of that year. And you're like, wow, not all, but some it's like, wow, people want to see these flicks. And I just don't remember seeing those on the outside wall in the video store. You know, you see Air Force One. The Fugitive, Mission Impossible, fucking whatever dumb shit your mom wants to rent. Like those kind of movies. Eyes Wide Shut. That's a blockbuster. Top Gun. So it's weird to think of what components make one of those movies. I know what makes Ghostbusters good, but I do at the at the core of it, by the end of the season, I want to you know see if there's a key component or if there's an underlying thing that is with all of these movies to make them box office smashes because there has to be an appeal with ghostbusters it's the witty comedy of all of them it's the this movie has a feel a vibe right the 80s new york that was just something in itself movies did really well and that also that little combination of four the smart one the fucking fun one the you know the asshole one there's you need that combo and then just the everyday man you need that it was just a perfect storm of shit that made this take off um and across all boundaries, like you, this, I, I don't know why that, like, we were a lot more accepting of shit, I feel like, in the 80s. Like, everybody would watch wrestling. You could watch wrestling with a mom and a dad and a whatever. Everybody would watch Ghostbusters, Poltergeist. Now it's a little bit more specific. People are a little bit more niche. I'm only into this. So, I really appreciated this time to be alive. Do you, did you have Ghostbusters stuff as a kid? Did your brother like Ghostbusters? No. Oh. Not like over. I mean, I like it. Mm -hmm. I never had any Ghostbusters memorabilia or anything like that. I remember having a lot of toys. My cousins having a lot of toys. Like, I had, like, the little the trap that you could step on. And then just, like, the little figures and stuff. I do remember, vividly remember the cartoons. The high seas. Dude, the, those were the best ones. Yeah. <clears throat> those were the best ones. They still have them. Those are not an adequate drink for an adult, though, by the way. No, <laughs> like, no they're not. I, keep, I have kid snacks in my house. Like, you know how fast you can eat a go-gurt, dude? You can eat seven go-gurts in a row. Dude, you can get in one swoop, just whoop. It's for like real. a bite. I, I, that's all it is. <laughs> that's all it is. I mean, it's good, but... Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's something I would, like, eat when I'm making dinner. 
<laughs> just, you know, I mean, when you snack on shit while you're making something. You know what I mean? Definitely, I'd suck down those. Dude, I thought this is a, a, or one of the funniest parts of this movie, too, was when they bought the firehouse and Spangler's walking around like this ceiling's caving in. Like he was like, there's coding issues. All of this is wrong and whatever. And then Ray comes from around the corner like, you guys got to see this place. I love this place. It's got a fucking, like the fire pole he was so amused by. He's like, I'm going to get my stuff. (laughs) Maybe we should stay the night tonight. You know what I mean? Get used to it. (laughs) He's so fun. I like you. Everybody needs a friend like that. Everybody wants a friend like him. Yeah, I, I don't know. In the end, Spengler may be my favorite. I love a lot of his quotes. Uh, even when Janice at the end, when she was talking to him, like, oh, you're so nice. You're such a humanitarian. The way you treated that man, you were such a humanitarian. He said, I don't think he's human. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know why it was so funny how he said that. And he's, yeah, I don't think he's human. <laughs> like, he's so awkward. And everybody knows those kind of guys, like, where it's just like, they, they don't even recognize when they're being hit on and they're just, just so in their fucking in their zone I collect spores and molds and funguses you're like okay that's not the thing to say right then you gotta gotta wait to work that one in bud (laughs) but he doesn't care (laughs) just say hiking or something (laughs) whatever oh god well it's about that time where we gotta go to our honorary world famous sloppy horror podcast rating sloppy horror The one and only one-of-a-kind, world-famous sloppy horror podcast rating developed by the one and only your favorite scary Mary Scooby companion. I fucked it all up and the words just came out. Your very scary movie companion, Mr. Christian Ramey. He has developed this horror movie rating system based on a horror movie, not in a horror movie, not a general movie. God damn it. And I've, this I've, always I've, happens between seasons. I fuck up my spiel. I'm not into it. I've but, got an I've got an uh, an adaption too. How we do for the you know the horror comedy, but I, I want to run it by you once we get there, and I think you're gonna enjoy this. Okay, well th- tell me now because I'm about to explain what the categories are. So generally, we've done this with comedy movies that are like horror comedies where we've gone you know um, you know rated it on laughs. Uh-huh. I've got this perfect skill here, this uh-huh. perfect thing here, uh-huh. since normally it's fear. Right? Uh, we should do a one and a half scale for fear and a one and a half for comedy since it's like a comedy horror and see where it lies, you know? And, and it might not be as scary, but it could be super fucking funny. And I think that would be a fair assessment because it's half and half from each. Okay, Isn't... very, very good. All right. So we're going to do this in a special series of five categories. Well, no, you can. No, four. Yeah. I don't know. Four. Yeah, four. Yeah. The, the, two, or two of the categories were three points. Two of the categories worth one and a half point, and the last category is worth one point for a total of ten points altogether. There we go. We'll work it out. We'll get it better later next time we run around here. But you understand. You listen to it. You know what's going down. So let's get into the first category I'm here. Rusty. Let's get into the first category here in the Sobby Horror Podcast rating, and that is fear. No. Casting. casting. God damn it. <laughs> he's all he's got he's all I'm mixed all up. I'm all just gobobulated. Casting for three points total. What is what? Hit me with it. If there was a four, I'd give it a four. Stop but, making it more confusing. We, I understand what you're saying. Though. Yes, but it's a three. We all know it's going to be three. Do we have to talk about it anymore? We talked about it for half the episode. We know what's going on here. This is a superstar cast. We said half of them already. So if you were listening, which you should be, you know what's going on. So it's three out of ten so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Let's get into the second final three point category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. And that is kills. So this is, you know, obviously with the kills, we do have some death in this, right? Like, I mean, like of like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, like not necessarily a people, but like <coughs> ghosts, right? <coughs> I guess. Not really high on the death scale. This is a kid-friendly movie, so as far as gore components, and that's kind of where this comes in, usually kills. It's not just really rated on how many, but kind of your originality and variety, and gore does play a factor into it, but it's very low on that. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot of death that's hitting home. So we're going to have to go, I mean, do we have to give it a half a point? I guess, if you're counting the marshmallow, man. Yeah, we'll have to just go half a point because... Uh. 
It's a giant Close one. to a zero, but we're going to give it half a point because we're feeling sexy. Mm-hmm. So it's three and a half so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast ratings. Getting to the next category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating for one and a half points total, and that is fear. No, we just did we just did fear. Okay. No, we just did kills. Kills. So fear. This one's going to be tough because I do think this is an age gap uh, thing because it was definitely freaky when I was a kid, and kids could still be freaked out by this. It has a lot of elements of, um, I, I mean, suspenseful situations. Um, not too scary, uh, but I do feel like it, it's probably going to be another half a point here. But as a kid, it could definitely grab a hold of one of them. It did for a lot of us when we were little. But I don't know if you're going – I mean, you're obviously not going to be afraid of it as an adult. But no, young you get, kid, maybe. You got a point five there for the young children and their imagination. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you this movie freaked out some kid at some points. So that's four out of ten so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast ratings. Getting into the next one-and-a-half-point category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is laughs. One-and-a-half. Exactly. One-and-a-half. It's funny all the way through. All the way through. There are quotes from it. Everybody can quote this movie. It's hilarious. Yeah. One of the most quotables. It's such a good time. So that's five-and-a-half so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Let's get to the final one-point category for half a point each here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is rewatchability. Yes, sir. Uh, Infinitely rewatchable. It's a comfort movie. Uh, You should show your kids this movie. If you haven't thus far, you are not doing right. Absolutely. It's very rewatchable. Everybody should see this movie if you haven't. And if you haven't watched it in a while, you need to watch it again. It's fun. It is a fun time great movie it's a classic Mm -hmm. it's a classic blockbuster hit here how could you not like this movie Mm -hmm. so that is a total of six and a half out of ten for ghostbusters here on the sloppy horror podcast rating right back up in your ass and remember that is a horror movie rating not a movie in general and we are giving comedy a little play with the rating here but it's you know the comedy part of the movie it did well It, it was aces casting Perfect score. It was aces. Laugh, perfect score. Horror, or, you know, fear and kills is what really hurt it in that aspect. So we are looking at it through a horror lens, and Mark is correct, because if you're, you know, if you're perfect. That's why the rating system is 100% foolproof, because sometimes you don't want a 10 out of 10 horror movie. Sometimes you want a six and a half, a five and a half, a four and a half, a seven. It it depends on what mood and what level you want to go to. There are tiers for every situation, every mood, every body. Absolutely. Everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, and if you, this is another one of those, if you were to ask me, like, hey, Ray Ghostbusters is a movie. 10 out of 10. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect movie. I wouldn't change anything about it. But Easily. If we're adding horror into the element, which we are doing, that is the Sloppy Horror Podcast score. And, you know, next Next week, we're going to be doing Interview with the Vampire, which I thought it was a perfect mashup um, for for that because it's also like a horror movie. It's not a, a horror comedy, but it's like a romantic drama horror. Like, it's kind of sexy. It's kind of, you know, romantic in a sense. Not Twilight. It's not Twilight. Think of, like, Victorian vampire. I mean, there's Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in the 90s. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As vampires. Long hair and shit. So, and they got, like, the... The shirts with like the, the, the frilly shit all over it. I mean, it's a good movie. They're really good. It's a really good movie, and they're based off the Anne Rice novels. I enjoyed them thoroughly. Even like Queen of the Damned, you know that that's all tied in. But it's perfect against Ghostbusters because it's not a straight up horror movie. I do think obviously we get a little bit more gore and carnage, but also you know it's not exactly a straight up like terrifying scary movie. It's like there's been a lot of bean flicking to Interview with the Vampire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sure there has. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll flick our beans together next week during that episode, and we'll see how it rates against Ghostbusters. Now, that doesn't... If <laughs> Ghostbusters... <laughs> if Ghostbusters doesn't fare well and loses the interview with the vampire, that's not it for the 80s. Obviously, the score comes down to the end. Now, what we will do, obviously, is we're going to let you guys know the scores of these, you know, movies each and every week, and we can decide who wins between 84 and 94 but that final episodes where we're going to count all the scores together obviously if you keep up each and every week you'll know but 
We'll do you a little flavors. We'll do a little breakdown of highlights, tell you who scored the best in kills and in casting. And, you know, we'll, we'll do the whole kit and caboodle for you. Perfect. As long as you know what's going on. Oh, I know. Because good. As long as you got it all up there. Yep. 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 So that's another fun part, too. I like that we were able to give you guys the movies this year so you guys can prep, know what's up. And, you know, I can't hide, obviously, if I say I'm doing the number one box office horror movie of 1994. I mean, all you, all you got to do is look it up. <laughs> it's not its not a secret. So that's fun. We all can participate. We're all in this together. And I, I don't know the birth year of everybody listening, but I'm assuming maybe your birth year might come up in one of these. We couldn't do all 10 years, you know, or we, we weren't going to do all 10 years of each decade uh, for the sheer fact that we've already covered a lot of these movies. Uh, we are going to be doing 1986, which is Poltergeist 2, and we will be pairing that with our Scream score, which we have already rated in a previous season. So if you want to go back and catch up on that, that will catch up, or, you know, that will play into this. But just because mentally I didn't want to have 11 seasons with that, uh, you know. You mean 11 episodes? Yeah, 11 episodes with the Crown of Winter Makes episode. Sense. So I just wanted to, you know. Makes sense. And I we couldn't do any more. Like, after I looked down the list, five, it worked out perfect, because five was all we could do. Yeah. It was all we could do. Perfect. Isn't it funny how things just work out for us when we do that? Yeah. Well, actually, we don't plan this stuff too far ahead. Half of the shit we do are the coincidences, and it's on accident. Well, I do want to think of what you guys want to hear, and obviously, I'm always trying to keep it fresh, and it's not, I, I always never want it to be two fucking assholes talking about, like, I think this, and I think that, and then... It's not what it's all about. I mean, we're going to, you know, tell you our, our opinions and have some fun, but there's also a little education with you. I mean, you look at these movies that have been legendary, that have held their place. It's kind of fun to kind of peel the curtain back a look, little bit and see how they did that practical effect, how they did this, you know, connect the dots. Like, oh, yeah, they're in this movie because they're friends, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool to do. That stuff interests me, especially a film that you've watched a billion times, and you feel like you couldn't, like, you're like, oh, yeah, dude, I love that movie. And you're like, did you know? And you're like, what? You know, you know, you get a fact that you just can't believe. So that's what we hope to do. We hope to educate in horror, hope to kill some time throughout your day. And uh, if you guys do love the show, there are a lot of ways you can support us. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you could subscribe on YouTube. That's a big help. It's completely free to do. If you don't have uh, you know, a YouTube account, it's very easy to do. You can set one up with an email. Uh, you know, like the videos, subscribe so you can see all of our latest stuff. If you want to go above and beyond that, you can go to all of our social medias. I mean, this is 2024, so whatever you're on, we're on. And we would appreciate it if you guys liked, you know, liked, subscribed, followed. That does that does so much, and it's completely for free. And I know you, you know, you're on your phones a little bit. You open up that Spotify, that Apple podcast, and you go to that Sloppy Horror podcast, and just put five stars. You don't have to write a review. This ain't a fucking you know, say in a restaurant, you can if you want to. It'd warm my heart, you know. So you guys suck balls. Here's one star. Okay, that's fine. Not a big deal. But I think I know you guys better than that. So get the little free time. You want to help out your friends for completely free, you can do that. If you want to go above and beyond that, you can go to patreon.com slash sloppy horror. We just posted two new episodes on there. So you guys are going to have all of this content um, you know, throughout the months. It's all kinds of bonus episodes on there where Ozark and I just talk about anything and everything. It gives us uh, an ability to stretch our legs. We have a very well-oiled machine here at the Sloppy Horror Podcast. And it has a time frame, and it runs on a timer. And the Patreon gives us the ability to just kind of shoot the shit if you will go so, all will and nilly and you can get those episodes for as cheap as three dollars a month uh, or you know whatever whatever level you want to support the show it helps us out and we appreciate you we also have plenty of merchandise you can usually find or you can find the link for that in the description of all of our videos and audio episodes help us out we'll help you out we'll come to your house we'll do a little dance i don't know we'll work something out we appreciate all your support but we can't do it without you guys um one thing that I'm going to do is try to be a lot more um, better on our social medias and, you know, clip up a lot more of the shows. It gives you guys the opportunity to share it. So if you guys see these clips of the show over the next few weeks, few months, you're going to see that we're working hard to put these out. Uh, got a lot of content that we haven't done that with. So we want to put that out. And if you see some clips that made you laugh or you enjoy them, share them. It's completely free to do. It helps us out so much. It really does. And if you're this far into the episode, I would say that you, you might be a fan of the show. So, I hope so. I hope you guys are ready for a fun season. Because seriously, the, I mean, I'm not like trying to be like a DJ here. Like we got some bangers. No, we really do though. I mean, a literal block blockbusters. So, 
I'm so happy that we were able to cross Ghostbusters off the list, you know. So, interview with the vampires next. Some sexy time vampires. Yeah. So look forward to that. Mark's going to dress up like a vampire. Bleh. Like Gangrel. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Gangrel, their entrance was pretty cool. The Brood, that was, yeah. that was one of the coolest entrances in wrestling. Yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. All right. Well, it feels good to be back, boys and girls. Okay, I'm glad to be back here with you. But for now, we got to go, and we'll be back next time, next week, with the banger again. Subscribe and rate. Yeah, do it, bitch. Please. Goodbye.